oh my gosh, now, Meg, you did that. What does that mean? You did that. That means that you can certainly do a lot more with your life than you ever thought. If you can do that, what else can you do? Welcome to Dance Journal NYC, a podcast about dancers, artists, and performers living and working in New York City. I'm Katie Dorn, and today we're talking with dancer, performer, and teacher Meg Harper. Meg is one of my dance heroes. She started dancing for Merce Cunningham in 1968 and has been performing ever since. She knew in college she wanted to dance for Cunningham. And she also understood that because she began her technical training later than most of her peers, she would have to work twice as hard to make that dream a reality. Dancing was not a part of my life as a kid. In about eighth grade, I saw some girls in the hall doing some movements that turned out to be some kind of contemporary dance, modern dance. And I stood there and I felt sick to my stomach. I realized, not even consciously, I had to do that, whatever that was. My father, he knew there was a dance program that was available to freshmen. So he suggested that I take this class. So that was my first experience of dancing. The whole story is sort of unusual because I rejected even studying ballet. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But in high school, I did participate in the contemporary dance, the modern dance. So after high school, what what came next? Did you go to uh, college? And how, how did you become interested in Merce Cunningham's work? I had a very good experience at the University of Illinois for three of my college years, studying with Joan Skinner, who had been in Merce's company. And that's where I first found out about Cunningham and Cage and that aesthetic. And that's what drove me to to come to New York and, and to study with, with him. But the fact of starting so late and not of ever having a real technical understanding of how the body works was a problem. But I was so driven to solve these problems. So when you graduated, did you just decide to move to New York to train at the Cunningham studio? Or what was the transition from being a student in, at, at, in college to moving to New York? In the spring of my senior year, Jan Stockman, the professor, brought me to the city to be there for a week with spring break. And we, she convinced David Vaughn that we, we needed to take a class. So the transition was from college to studying in New York with Merce, I came to the city the spring of um, 66 and took a class at the Cunningham Studio, which at that time was on 6th Avenue and 14th Street. And the class was from Carolyn Brown, and it was way too hard for me. But I remember almost everything that happened in that class. And I knew I wanted to study with Merce. I wanted to be in the company. Can you imagine? I had no technique, and to even think that I could be in this company was outrageous, but I wanted it. So then when I graduated uh, that fall, I came to the city. My brother dropped me off, and he, he drove me from Washington, D.C., where we had been, and 
carried my suitcase up to this YWCA room on Sunday of before Labor Day and left me there. And, you, and you've been here ever since. <laughs> um, I guess this is a more formal question, but how did you start working with Merce Cunningham? I studied at the studio every night from the fall of 66 into December of 67. And I had full-time job during the day, but every night I'd go to the studio. And in December, December 7th of 1967, he came over after his class and asked me to be in the company. What was working and touring with the company like? I was 23 when I joined that company. And it was a small group. It was a um, total of five women and four men. Almost immediately, we took off for your hometown, Buffalo. Oh, really? Yeah. In Jan- <laughs> January of 68, that would be, for a month's residency. But um, the experience I had there that was so profound, which is now I'm kind of reliving, is Merce was creating walk-around time, which is a piece that... It, is an homage to Marcel Duchamp's work and specifically to the large glass. So we worked on this piece for um, basically three weeks. And at the end of this residency, we had, I think, two performances in the theater. So we were rehearsing, rehearsing this work. And for me, the most interesting part of this experience was watching Merce put this dance together. He would rehearse with us individually. I mean, for the, if it was a duet, the two people doing the duet would be the only ones in the room. And then all the material seemed to be made, but there didn't seem to be a lot of material for an hour-long piece. I remember the, the days he was putting it together, I had a very small part, beautiful part, that was created just for what I could do, for what I could do the very best, you know. But it wasn't very much. And as he put this piece together, um, I noticed I kept coming on to do my material, which was with a man and sometimes another woman. And it would be slightly different. He'd say, we'll do it this way now. And this piece was created with all this repetition circularly. And now looking at it, I see why and what he was working for. But at the time, it was like a miraculous thing to me to put this puzzle together. Now, I knew nothing about Marcel Duchamp, nothing. I was so overwhelmed with the whole situation of being with these strange people and living with them and working with them and the arduousness of the day. I loved it, the work, but the social situation was was difficult for me. And... I felt very lonely, um, but I was in this situation where Jasper Johns was with us and creating costumes on us and in this very high-profile situation. But for me, it was just, how do I do what I'm supposed to do here? I'm sure there's lots of things about mirth that stick with you, but can you share like a specific story, specific experience with him that you felt was profound? Many. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure there's a lot of them. Many, he's... many. Yeah. <laughs> One time after rehearsal, he wanted me to go down and unlock the door so the students could come in 
This is at Third Avenue. And he gave me the key. There were a lot of keys on this ring. He showed me which one, and I went down, and I couldn't get the door to open. I was down there. It must have been a long time. So he came down, and he took the key, and he said, he made it clear that you do first one thing and then another. You don't try and do two things at once. First, you put the key. <laughs> but he did it with such gentleness, and it was a profound thing for me because that's how his work is, is you don't mix the things up. One task, finish. Next task, finish. That's such a good way to approach so many things. <laughs> I need to remember that for myself. <laughs> um, what was the transition from dancing for Merce Cunningham to dancing for Lucinda Childs like? By the ninth year of working with Merce, I knew I needed to do something different. I don't know. Something was missing. Because you can imagine how um, your whole life is just this one thing, you know, in yeah. order to... I mean, we were touring all the time. We were rehearsing all the time. I realized for maybe almost six, nine months that I needed to make a change. It was very difficult because there wasn't anything that I wanted to do outside of this. And I remember saying to one person whom I was close to, after I had decided to leave, but I hadn't told Merce, I said, well, maybe I won't leave. And she said, why? And I said, because I'm not sure what I'll do. And she said, that's exactly the reason you should leave. So I, I told him I was needed to leave. And he said, Meg, why, why? What are you going to do? And I said, I have no idea, but I know I need to. So that was difficult because we were close and in a beautiful way. Just He was so supportive of me. So it was tough. And he said, um, how long can you stay? And I said, well, as long as you want me to. And he said, please stay through six months. So during that six months, we established, um, again, a trust, because after he, he was very upset with me, and somehow in that six months, we were able to forge, again, a good relationship. So much so that the last performance, I was rehearsing something by myself, and he came over and he gave me a correction. And I thought, oh my God, that's so beautiful that he would care. I left him and spent then, that was 77 and 78, doing residencies like the University of Illinois and Florida State University, Santa Cruz, just to make money and to keep myself dancing, studying ballet. Now, I had a real chance to grow because I didn't have to go to rehearsal. I could really start working on my technique. So my technique got better. And then in the fall of 79, or maybe the late summer, I was tired of moving so much, leaving and coming back, and I needed to establish more of a life in New York City with my friends. Um, I thought, well, let's, give, let's stop at this residency and see what happens if you stay here. You have enough funds to last six months. And lo and behold, that fall, Lucinda called. She said, one of our, my dancers has sprained her ankle and we're going on tour in two weeks. Would you be interested in learning this work, which was dance, and 
going with us. And I had seen uh, rehearsals. Megan Walker, a good friend of mine, was in the company. And so as soon as she asked me, I thought, oh my God, I'd love to do that. And then the next day, started working with her alone in the morning. And then the company would come in the afternoon and we would do the as much as I had learned. But I had two weeks to learn the dance. whole thing. All dance. <laughs> thing is, I never would have imagined working with somebody else after Merce, mm -hmm. but her work was, it was like a perfect fit for me. I understood it and loved it so much. And that's why it was possible to learn it so quickly. So I'm just so grateful that that, that happened. Um, you know, it gave me a whole new life. And then on that tour, she, she said, oh, would you be interested in joining the company? And I said, yes. Hi, everyone. It's Katie here. Dance Journal NYC is supported by Gibney Dance, where I'm often taking some of my favorite ballet classes in the city. You can join the Gibney community this spring for exciting opportunities, including teacher training for dancers, educators, and professionals with Axis Dance Company and making dance creative process workshops. Gibney is also offering savings through a spring break special running March 11th through April 8th. To find out more and stay up to date with the latest news, follow Gibney Dance on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at gibneydance.org classes. Thanks for listening, and here's the second half of our show. I feel like there. I've heard so many stories of people who have danced with Lucinda and then gone to dance with Merce. Ah, yes, um, reverse. Yeah, so it's interesting that you have the, a different experience. And when I think about people who have talked about dancing with Lucinda and then dancing with Merce, it makes complete sense to me why that that goes that way. But it also makes complete sense to dance with Merce and then to find things that are very exciting and thrilling about Lucinda's work. Yeah. Both, they, they seem to fit with each other so well. Yeah. You were with Lucinda for a really long time. 10, almost 11? Well, it was 11 years, but... The thing was that was so perfect about this situation was we could take class separately, come to rehearsal, which was basically one o'clock till five, four o'clock, sometimes later if there was a big push, and work for, I don't know, months, and then we're, there would be time off. So I could have an independent professional life, teaching, choreographing, being an I guess I wasn't in many other people's work, but it was like it gave me so much more room than when I was in the Cunningham Company. And as the years went on, I did get Achilles tendonitis and a couple of other things also that had been starting from Mercer's Company. In the end, I kind of, that's one of the reasons I had to leave was just too many ankle problems. And by then I was, what, 46 or something, and I couldn't do the work in the way that it needed to be done. But very hard to realize that because I would still be in her company if I could. I love that work so much. And when I left, it was like um, I had lost my right arm. I was just devastated. With Lucinda, um, I mean, she understood it and it was a, a good parting, but tough. Yeah, that, that's a really difficult transition, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, not being able to do it the way that you want yeah. to be able to do it. Yeah. So you're you you're still performing dance and theater and theater works. Yeah. Working in in a the theater aspect with Robert Wilson and 
What's something about that process that's been challenging for you? Maybe the transition from dancing into that world? Yes. So I'm also grateful that I found Bob's work through Lucinda. That was a huge thing, that he would be interested in using an older person. When I started working with Bob, the first thing I noticed was I had to start all over again, that I knew nothing about how to walk on the stage. And I was embarrassed. It really mattered to me to be able to walk on his stage. It really mattered. And I saw that's the basis of everything he's doing. So I just practiced over and over, year after year. And I, I really only, only sort of began to get it by um, 2008 when we did um, the homage to Suzushi Hanayagi, Dancing in My Mind. But now I've really got it. It's like an ongoing thing is to figure out how to do this. And it's been such a wonderful project, you know. I mean, to have something that interests you so much to try and do and that that nobody's going to notice, you know. Nobody. But you, but you, well, Bob notices. And Bob will you, notice and it. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think walking is one of the most challenging things you can do on stage. Yeah. <laughs> we briefly worked with Bob with Einstein. Um, and one of the things that I really loved about that whole process was the energy that you need to have in just the stillest of moments, doing the simplest task, the presence that he requires from you. I, I just loved meeting that challenge. I, were you, did you do the, did, were you in Einstein? Yes, but I came in late. Was that in the 84? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't have any of the stage uh, roles, just the uh, just the field dance. dances. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the most um, difficult challenges of my whole life. Was I had three days to learn the field dances <gasps> because another uh, Nan Friedman broke her ankle um, in a oh, final geez. rehearsal. I was just understudying over there, so I learned it and did it. But I was coming off a huge injury, and it was like, "Are you going to be able to do this?" And, you know, we got through the whole thing. And then at the end, we were, you know how you're up on the spaceship the and with the light machine, bulbs yeah. and you don't, you can really kind of relax up there a little bit. The end of the piece. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, now Meg, you did that. Does, what does that mean? You did that. That means that you can certainly do a lot more with your life than you ever thought. You know, if, if you can do that, what else can you do? You're part of the Merce Cunningham Fellowship Program. So you're often setting work on students and professional dance companies. And next week you're headed to Paris to set work on the Paris Opera Ballet. What does that entail? Merce's work gets licensed to different companies. Patricia Lent is the licensing director. And she's brought back many of us who were formerly in the company And I've been very fortunate that she's brought me back to do some projects. And this one will be for the Paris Opera Ballet. And the piece is Walk Around Time, which is the very first piece I ever learned. I feel very honored to be doing this because the dance wasn't performed after 1972 when Carolyn left the company. So that's, what, 45 years ago. And it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. When Benjamin had asked for this piece when he was the artistic director. Patricia and I both discussed it, and I said, 
I'm not sure about this because nobody's ever done it. It's an hour long and it's very sparse. And I worried, but he insisted on, on getting this piece. I feel that I've been through so much with Merce, good and bad, and that this is a way to really honor him, to resurrect this piece. Having set a model of it on some young professional dancers, I think it's going to work, even without the substantial importance of the Merce figure and the Carolyn figure. These two people, you would think, would not be replaceable because they're so profound what they do. But I think it's going to be something of value and with dignity. I'm hoping we can bring the, the physical aspect of it and the spiritual aspect of this dance back to life. What's your favorite thing about being a dancer in New York City? Well, that's interesting, the New York City part, because I just tried to imagine myself being in another city and wouldn't quite be the same. I see all this history when I go to the West Beth now or just walking through the city, I'll remember, oh, when I used to teach there or we used to rehearse over here. So I have this history of places and people. I think if I weren't in New York City, I wouldn't have so many chances to do things because the community is so right here and somebody will call up and say, can you do this? Can you be in that? And then performing in the different venues here, you're, you're really aware. You're not just in the, some unknown place. You're, you're in a community that people come and see it and they like it or they don't like it. They have an opinion about it. That, that's interesting. At this point in your career, what keeps you going and performing? So, um, it's very important to me to keep performing. It's a desire I have that I can't even question. And I think the reason is that being on stage with material that you've worked on, rehearsed, and you've tried to understand. This is my chance to express the deepest part of me. This is the me that I want you to see. As a dancer, you know, I hope this doesn't sound egotistical, but it's like, this is my being. This is why I'm here. And I want to share something with you that's the most precious thing I have. Thanks so much for listening. If you're interested in hearing more, please subscribe to Dance Journal NYC on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website, dancejournal.org. You can find some fun photos on our Instagram account, Dance Journal NYC, and of course on our website. Our theme music, soundscapes, and audio production are by Jesse Anders. Special thanks to Eben Hoffer for technical support. Dance Journal NYC is produced by me, Katie Dorn. If you or any of your friends have any dance stories you'd like to share, please email me at katie at dancejournal.org.